And hello again, friends. Remember us? I know it's been a little while, right? But we're back on the wrestling podcast. That's wrestling spelled W-R-S-T-L-I-N-G. It's all of the graps, but without the E. But of course, me and G, we're not anti-E. We are simply pro wrestling. My name is Liam. Back in full force is this guy, Gareth. Hey. And we welcome you back to the show. Thanks so much for bearing with us. And apologies for the unpredictability of our uploads. This may continue through to the new year, but we should be back on track in 2022. So thank you very much for your patience. Gareth, it's been a long time. As Timberland once said, how are you doing? Yeah, really well, thank you. I had uh, just had two weeks off work which was a delight hanging out with my partner which has been a dream come true yeah had a had a great time in fact uh come back with a little little present for you actually a present for me yeah i've got a little present here for you i don't know if you're able to see it it's over the webcam okay. uh but i have for you i went to japan center and i have bought you a packet of tiny melon pan no really is <laughs> yeah. that what it is yeah it's- <gasps> That's amazing. But then I also got something for myself here that I think you need to see. Uh, I don't know if you'll be able to see that. You got some strong zero. <laughs> oh my gosh. You went in. I did. I'm, I found some strong zero. So I'm loving this. Yeah. This is great. Oh, I would have got you some, but I don't know how, you know, I would have just been drinking that as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I would have been dead zero because uh, I'm, I'm a vegetarian teetotalist for those of you who don't know, life and soul of the party, as you might expect. <laughs> Um, but that's great. Glad you had a, a lovely couple of weeks. That's wonderful stuff. Did you manage to catch any of the um, the interviews that we put out? Yes, I did. Well, I had to edit them. So <laughs> I know I was trying to suspend the display. <laughs> <laughs> so I was otherwise engaged, but I did have enough time to edit. Yeah, it was interesting stuff actually. And thanks again to the Noah folk for setting those up. And yeah, I was really sad not to have been able to sit in on those. Oh, I know. I know. Well, I do think we were talking off air, um, Mark and I, and I do think we'll endeavour to get both men back onto the podcast for feature length interviews, which I think that'd be great because there's there a lot left unsaid, particularly mm. with Ken um, Absolutely. Know, he, bless him. He he was up against it and managed to fit us in and was yeah. super gracious. That was amazing. Um, like, I think we delayed or you delayed the uh, <laughs> Noah press conference. So yeah, they've got you to thank for that. Do you know what? I knew it was going to happen as well. As soon as they gave me the timings, I was like, oh no, we're in trouble here. We're in big trouble. But there we go. And it all, all went without a hitch. Um, so there we go, folks. We're back. We've got a couple of shows to talk about, but also, you know, we normally record on a Thursday or a Friday. And as we kept pushing this one back, with each hour that passed, seemingly more news broke. It's been a really busy couple of days for news particularly in japan but across the um, wrestling world as well so we're going to get stuck into a little bit of that just have a little bit of a discussion um and also ask for your thoughts as well that's the most important thing so anyway let's get into this we've got a couple of shows to start with um clearly we need to talk about noah the best 2021 which did feature the epic title versus title match between katsuka nakajima and kano wow okay gareth over to you first Hit me with it. What did you make of this one? Well, can I just say, before I get on with that one, I've just cracked open this strong zero and I can oh, see wow. why it's delicious, but also I can see why it ends people. It's very strong. Okay. Are we going to get to the end of the podcast? Yeah, we will be do... fine. That's fine. Okay. Right. It might be just me doing the news, folks. Um, but yeah. <laughs> what a match. The word on the street was, I think people were expecting it to go to that 60 minute draw. Mm-hmm. But what a 60 minute draw. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I really felt, I do feel like often with um, long Broadway time limit draws like this, 
you know, it, it kind of feels every minute of its 60 minutes and this really yeah. didn't. Yeah, I know what you're saying. They cut a mean pace. I must admit, I think I was in the, you know, the minority here. I approached this perhaps naively, expecting a, a title change one way or the other. Uh, I had read you know, multiple sources in the know suggesting that their expectation was what turned out to be the end result of the time limit draw. But yeah, I went in this with rose-tinted glasses. But that said... I wasn't left disappointed. It felt like the right thing, you know, when we yeah. got there. And it, it's like when you, I think it's a real testament to the guys that it, it reminded me very much of, you know, a genuine, you know, an MMA fight or a boxing match where it's been so hotly contested mm. and so brutal that, you know, if it goes to the, to the judges scorecards, it seems almost a shame not to give it a draw. Does somebody really deserve to lose here? Mm. And, you know, that's not how things go in pro wrestling, but it's how I went with this match. And actually I felt quite satisfied with the yeah. draw. Oh, absolutely. I do think it makes you really, you know, it shows just how evenly matched these two men are. Yes. You know, there's, yeah. there's nothing between them really. Yeah. And how about them kicks? Oh man. How about those kicks? And I found it really interesting because I wanted to talk to both guys about their kicking prowess because yeah. Keno is no slouch in that department as well. And I found it really interesting that in the interview, which by the way, if you haven't listened to, you can find in the feed um, and I encourage you to do so. It's, it's good fun. But I found it really interesting that Keno conceded that Nakajima was the best kicker in, mm. in pro wrestling at large. But in the match itself, I thought arguably he got the lion's share in terms of the kicker. I thought yeah. he, may, he maybe edged it slightly. So what? I don't know if he was... You know, playing possum a little bit or kind of rope doping us on the pod yeah. um but yeah what, it was interesting one of the things i kind of noticed in this match that it felt almost like too much that keno wanted the ko win yes and that i feel like that actually cost him the match here yeah i think very late in the match it looked like he had a ko'd him but instead of going for a cover he was like hoping for the for the knockout and i think felt like if he'd gone for that cover he would have got the got the win there gosh that's interesting and we've seen this from keno before haven't we this sense of hubris which has cost him and i think it's part of what makes him such an interesting beguiling character is that he does have these odd character traits you know i i you often refer to him as being idiosyncratic which i think is is mm. bang on the money but he does have these traits that almost put his he should he should be the top dog at this point mm -hmm. if it were not for these odd things in a similar way yeah. to Minoru Suzuki whereby he <laughs> he needs to win in a particular way yeah the yeah, way they like to conduct themselves sometimes right. stops them from being at the top of the mountain they're their own worst enemy but they have to do things their own way like there's yeah. no they physically couldn't do things any other way I don't think yeah they're two very strong characters naturally yes. now that I've said it and it's the first time I thought it that's a match I'd really like oh, to yeah. see oh yeah yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. entirely possible now, which is crazy. I really feel like you could make such a case for either man here yes. like, being the wrestler of the year. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. I think hmm, I'd, I'd edge it towards Nakajima. And the thing that would tip it over to me is that cage match with Kitamir. It was just so unique within Noah's setting. Within the structure you know, of Noah. That whole thing. And also his continuing development in terms of his his character, you know, what the the head shaving did to him. It's one of the questions yeah. I didn't get around to asking, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but, you know, and that whole process. Yeah. But yeah, I know what you're saying. They're both so, so close. It feels like there's nothing in it, really. Yeah. 
and yeah, it, it really made me just go, I, I need to see these two men to put it to bed. You know, I need to see a conclusive uh, winner between these two again in, yeah. the, in the not too distant future. Yeah, couldn't agree more. And I think we've, we've talked about it before with Japanese wrestling during the pandemic. You can tell a match is a real banger when the crowd are, can't help themselves but to ooh and ah at things. Yeah, in many ways, it makes it more exciting, doesn't yeah, it? Because absolutely. you know they're not supposed to do it. So as an international fan watching, you're like, oh, man, this one is really puffing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, it does add a certain something to it. But wow, what a main event. I felt like it delivered everything it promised to and some. And as you said, it leaves something on the table for the future. That's job done, isn't it? That's about yeah. as good as it gets. Is it the best now match of the year? Cool. Who knows? That's that's a tricky question, say, isn't it? And one that we're going to have to deliberate as we <laughs> as we approach the end of the year. I'm really not looking forward to trying to come up with a list of ten favorite matches this year. Like we're going to have to push it out. It it's going to be, be too hard. They can't be ten. It will have to be at least fifteen, oh. possibly more. They can't be ten. Yeah. Anyway, too much good wrestling. <laughs> no, so much good wrestling this weekend alone. But yeah, but yeah, it was, it was a quality match. Fun show overall, but I feel like that is very much the you know the dominant yeah. piece of this particular so um, production. So we're not going to kind of dwell on you know the rest of the card too much, just because that was that was why we we're all here. Yeah, one hundred percent. Although, why we'll be at the next show, which we'll talk about in a bit as well, was in the post match we had the <laughs> return of the man who you can always believe in. His name is Go Go Shizaki. Yes, Go. Oh my, one of my absolute favorites. And he's back. It was just so great to see him. He is Noah. He is Noah. Just, just the best baby face. Just oh, the yeah. top draw baby face. And then face. going back to what I said about the crowd vocalizing, I legit yeah. got a gasp from yeah. the crowd, didn't it? 100%. It was, it, like, it honestly gave me goosebumps. Even though like I watched this after I knew Go was back, it still gave me goosebumps. You know, the music, the entrance, just seeing the man looking so great and healthy. It was just yeah. real, real special. And I saw, I haven't had a chance to watch, he, he wrestled on the next show as part of the tag. Yeah, I haven't had match. a chance to watch that one either yet. But I'm... Me neither, but I've seen some some screenshots and no tape, mm. no tape on the shoulder. No more Go, more tape than man, Shiyazaki. Indeed, you know, he's still got the... You know, the, the heavy padding on the elbow. So I don't know if that's 100%. But yeah, he, he looks he looks better. And I hope he's taken the time. As much as I'm glad to see him back, I really do hope he's taken all the time he needed you know, to get back. But that being said, what an exciting time for mm. him to come back on the verge of this New Japan Noah showdown, which is on night three that's of Wrestle huge. That's going to be huge, isn't it? Wow. Just absolutely mental. So very exciting. From what you've just said as well, it makes the prospect of... Minoru Suzuki Kano, a, a real possibility. This is it. It's a mouth-watering time. It really is. And it's so exciting to see Japanese companies working together like this, because what we should also mention, and this spills into the news a little bit, but whatever, is that last night at the time of recording, it was announced that Minoru Suzuki would be turning up in DDT. Mm. I mean, wow. <laughs> so, so now we've got... The three biggest, I would say, the three biggest uh, male Japanese companies at the second, all exchanging talent. Yeah. That's a very exciting prospect. You love to see it. You do. Yeah. That's a very tantalizing prospect indeed. So, you know, it's hard to think, you know, for me, uh, in terms of the possibilities, it's hard to think of a maybe more exciting time in wrestling in the last 
what 10 years at least yeah no i couldn't agree more maybe even yeah. maybe even 20 if you've sort of really pushed the boat out yeah it's so great because the universe has all come together you know you've you've basically got the mcu now haven't you you've got the everyone outside of wwe as an entity speaks to one another they they're all canon and yeah. that's so exciting and now that that's spreading across to domestic japan which hadn't really been a thing in recent years that's that's amazing you know this is going to yield some incredible matches you know and moments and even and we've got stuff going on between Noah and dragon gate as well so it's Indeed. not even just limited to the companies you know it's it's kind of little bit here a little bit there for almost everybody come on well, all japan get on the act come on all japan and they do they do need to rope in choco pro if we're going to take this thing seriously you know <laughs> best bros of the well, tag champs did you not see that um tjpw were highlighting a tropica wide versus uh maji rabi match coming up soon no i didn't yes, see that that was that Ooh. dropped today so Ooh. it's happening there too crikey let's go let's go this is great stuff i love it i absolutely love it oh man so much cool stuff and also actually on the subject of um of minoru suzuki and ddt did you spot that on twitter uh sakaguchi replied to that saying something to the effect of only me i mean could you imagine a match between those two it may have happened already but dearie me in 2021 that's going to leave some bruising (laughs) My goodness, mouth-watering stuff. Some of the these prospective matchups that we could get to see in 2022. Do we get Tokyo Joshi Pro and Stardom working together as a result of this? I'm I'm really not sure. That would be interesting to see. You know, because I think we've from people we've spoken to on the inside. You know, they're not they don't consider themselves sort of rivals. Like no. they're doing very different things. Yeah, you know, they're not competition, or they certainly don't see each other in that way is what we've been we've been told anyway so yeah i don't see why not it can only help can it to raise the stock of joshi wrestling domestically and internationally i couldn't agree more and it make for a really interesting time as well because i think it was quite early in 2021 that AEW held their women's eliminator tournament and they had the japanese bracket which brought the likes of you know maki ito across to the us and sort of spread her name even further so if you're gonna, if you're gonna all get on the same page, now's a, about as good a time as any to do it because there's the option of that additional exposure stateside as well, seemingly on the on the table. So absolutely, yeah, man. All right, loads and loads to get into there. All right, let's just hop over to Tokyo Joshi Pro. Then there was All Rise 2021, and this was one of my favorite cards of the year. There was loads of good stuff on this show. Heaps of fun, wasn't it? I do think a, a kind of proper, like, top TJPW show, like a named you know, show, not one of like the tour shows, is just always top-notch in my book, or certainly has been all throughout 2021. Yeah, absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. And last time we reviewed one of the big Tokyo Joshi Pro shows, um, it was all very positive, I seem to recall, but one of my few takeaways or gripes or suggestions was that i felt like i needed a bit more on the undercard just to spread mm. the stakes and make it give me something to hook into sure. early doors sure. as well yeah. and i felt like this one really did that there was there's much more to do i'm just looking at the match list now and you've got you know a run of one two three four singles matches all with something on it that i thought was 
really good added a lot of meat to the show and then a banging main event as well we've spoken off air about this you know you i know for you and for lots of people you know you see sometimes you see these multi-person matches without stakes and you kind of switch off a little bit or you think oh that's very skippable so by kind of delivering more singles matches even if they are a bit uneven in terms of the uh the level at which the two competitors are that's instinctively going to be more of a draw to your brain than a a multi-person match isn't it yeah that's it and it's not to say that I don't enjoy a multi-person match but I just I think when you've got time pressures and real life floating around and other things you know you're gonna you're gonna skip the you're gonna trim the fat with your viewing and that's that's some sometimes those matches appear expendable perhaps yeah. wrongly and certainly from my perspective anyway i think especially with the amount of wrestling we're trying to consume we're not just oh, kind of watching any just one promotion or you know even just two promotions we're trying it's to a watch. full fat diet yeah. big time yeah 100 <laughs> there it does come a point where you have to go mm, i you know i'd rather kind of get onto this next big match on this card yeah than sit through 10 minutes of enjoyable but ultimately meaningless multi-person that's it. And did you see, just as, a, as an aside, did you see that over the last week or two, I'm, I'm having to watch WWE NXT as well? I didn't. How did, how has this happened? <sighs> I, I lost a bet with friend of the podcast, KJ, over the recent Chelsea versus Manchester United game. And we talk <laughs> How did about, I not hear about this? We, we talk about Keno's hubris and boy, oh boy, did I show some. We, it wasn't enough just to bet that Chelsea would win the match. Chelsea, the, the team I support, in case you haven't gathered, it wasn't just enough to bet that they'd win the match, but I bet they win by a margin of at least two. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, Liam, and then, Liam, and then, Liam. And then they drew 1-1. One, one. I was like, oh, what? No. <laughs> if you'd have just left it, you would have gotten off scot-free. And so KJ put a poll up saying, oh, you know, what shall I make this guy watch for a couple of weeks? So there was Raw, there was SmackDown, there was NXT, there was Dynamite. And for the longest time, Dynamite and NXT was a pretty close run thing. I actually created burner accounts to vote for Dynamite. Well, you should I have wrote me in. It. Why didn't you let me know? I, w- I could have cast a vote. I should have done. You're I didn't even right. see that. I, no. I was just like too, too loved up. It's true. I didn't want to. I was off the grid for two weeks, basically. I barely looked at my phone. This is the thing. And I, I didn't want to bring you back into this weird world of Twitter. <laughs> But there we go. So I'm having to watch NXT in addition to all this other stuff as well. So, you know, a, a jam-packed schedule has become even more packed, if you can believe that. Oh, no. How's it been? I haven't watched it yet. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I've got I've got it all backed up to watch. And I'm like, oh, man, this is like five hours at the second. It's Yikes. only growing. But there we go. I'm sure it'd be lovely. If you want to hear about it, then keep an eye on uh, KJ's podcast. Is the Roped In podcast. You can find that on Twitter. And you can find KJ on Twitter. He's um, that KJ guy. He's good um, I'm, I'm going to be on there just to, to, to tell him what I thought of it. And uh, hopefully give him a, a meaningful appraisal. Speaking of Roped In, he's someone we need to rope in and have one again, I think, at some point. Definitely. I think he'd like to see some uh, Julia in action, is my, if my memory serves me correctly he's key, he's keen to see her like he's seen pictures and i think he's the, keen to see her in action well the problem is gareth that you and i are nice little wrestling fans and i want to talk about moves yeah kj's a horn dog he's a horn dog yeah absolutely <laughs> he's, he's, he's bringing that wrestling roast mentality over here and i'm not sure i'm very comfortable with it to be truthful <laughs> <laughs> anyway enough right, about back him. to the yeah the subject in hand tjpw uh, yeah okay so- all right Talk to me. What's what stood out for you in particular? You know, you said there were the the kind of run of singles matches. Um, was there anything that particularly spoke to you here? 
Yeah, there was actually. Um, I, I got something from each of the single singles matches, which was great, and something different from each of them as well. I howled at the Yuki Kamifuku Hyper Missile match, particularly yeah. the commentary of Maki and Chris Brooks when they when the two competitors were spraying each other with various things that you really shouldn't be spraying each other with, like alcohol and you know printer cleaner and stuff like that. It was just watching it. I was like, when when. Uh... Camille was getting hit with the uh, the cold spray. I was thinking she should have just frozen solid. <laughs> that would just really tickle me if she just become like an ice sculpture. Yeah, it just it just really tickled me, and it, it kind of made me cast my mind back to. Do you remember in the was it late nineties when WWF used to get in trouble with all the different parents associations for mm-hmm. you know don't try this at home stuff, and then here we are in twenty twenty one, and these guys are shooting each other in the face with cold spray and alcohol and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> They just get away with it. It's great. Other thought I had during this this match, which I did share on Twitter, the when I was doing the live thread on uh, the the next TJPW show, was that I think it's criminal that Camu doesn't have a move called the casual booty. Yeah, you're right. You're bang on. She does some great big boots. Does so it need to be like a big boot or a hip attack or something? What does she call her fame answer? Because that would make sense as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. True. Right. Yeah. You like. Mr. Haku, if you're listening, please co- <laughs> please convey. Yeah, but I thought this was loads of fun, loads of fun, and it also reconfirmed to me that Camille has my favourite octopus stretch in mm. all of pro wrestling. Mm. Just looks so great. She's always that much taller than whoever she's yeah, wrestling, yeah, yeah. and so you get that um, added sense of claustrophobia <laughs> when she's applying it. So just, I thought that was great. I just love love both of them, Mizao and yeah. Camille are both just, I think, you know, really great. Wherever they pop up, pop up on the card, they they sort of they understood the assignment. They always like. Yeah. I always feel like they both knock it out of the park. Yeah, agreed. Um, the Shoko Nakajima Doko Tenma match was. Uh, I had an exchange with Colin, who's one of our Twitter followers. Shout out to Colin, who gets in love, touch love quite you, often. Colin. We we absolutely appreciate that. Um, and he was saying that this was a good one and actually i felt going in this was the sleeper match on the card oh, Tem has been really good recently yeah. and shoko's top draw i felt like every time out Tema, even in defeat has just kind of been building that momentum just like yes. doing better looking better putting up more of a fight feeling like a real contender yeah definitely T- time in time out um you know so uh, not surprising that Shoko won and won it with just about the most perfect top rope senton I've ever seen. Oh, it was so great. It was reminiscent. Did you ever watch Kaz Hayashi back in the day mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. he wrestled WCW? He used to hit a, a similar kind of backslash. So, it was, a, oh. a, good, a good senton literally yeah. warms my heart. It's the best because it became really overused for a while. And I feel like it started to, it's full back. It's become slightly more exclusive again, the senton. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more. And then, yeah, like I, th- I even enjoyed Rika and Yuki Arai as well. I thought I love this match. Yuki Arai is so much better than she has any business being. She's uh, great. Yeah, for being she's an great. idol and for like how long she's been in the business. Like, why are you so good? It's unbelievable. <laughs> I thought she was brilliant in this match, and the timing of certain things is great. You know, like with the when she she plays a very good baby face in peril. That's that's one thing yeah but the timing on some of the comebacks that where she's taking a beating and 
you know, losing out on the striking exchanges, Rika. And then when she finally lands hers, it just happened at just the right time. Her facial expressions were great. And you could hear the audience really buying into it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Aki said it on commentary, and I couldn't agree more. I think TJPW have stumbled onto something very special here with Yukirai. And if they can keep her going, then I think they're on to an absolute Yeah, they're on to a real winner, aren't they? Um, But yeah, I I loved that it looked like it was going to go to time limit draw. And then just, just before the time limit, uh, Yuki ends up tapping. Yeah. And, and I think that's the right call. You know, Rika's a, a former champion, recently a former champion, and, you know, a bigger fish in the in TJPW pond overall. I thought she did really well here as a mm-hmm. slightly heelish, slightly yeah, more menacing definitely. character. But yeah, just a really fun match. I love this match, actually. And another match I really loved was the International Princess <laughs> yeah. title match. Up, up, um, girls go to war. Man, up, up, girls are insanely good. Hikari Noah, who we've had on the show, if you haven't checked out that episode, please do. That was good fun. Really, really good fun. Defended the belt successfully against Miyu Watanabe. Just over 10 minutes. So it says on this here Word document. But man, that flew by. Just a crazy good match. And do you know what? There's a lot to like about Noah, and I think she's excellent and going to do really good things. But Miyu Watanabe is the truth. <laughs> like, like legit. She's so, so good. So easy to get behind. Oh, my God. She's so good. Just everything, the way she bumps, she attacks the mat. She's so slick with all the technical stuff. The facial expressions, when she's starting to look a bit demonic when she's uh, yeah, on offense. Buff as hell. Yeah. <laughs> And then the crazy big swing, which is just the best live, you know, in-person move going. I just think she's top draw. I could see her comfortably being the next Princess of Princess champion. She could go all the way, 100%. Yeah. And then that's not to say that Noah couldn't, but I love where she's at right now with this international princess title reign and having a yeah, sort of more eclectic a great reign. yeah i think so too and yeah a more eclectic series of matches but yeah mia i think has got something very very special indeed yeah, and, and now's probably a good time as any to talk about it but you know we've we now know who on the 4th of january who's going to be challenging noah for that international princess title uh former champion maki ito who uh won the battle royale to the eight person battle royale to for the right to challenge i love that match i think that's going to be yeah. brilliant i think i said a little bit about this on twitter somebody sort of tweeted at us about it you know that how they thought uh Tomma should have should have taken it and i think we kind of now know sort of why uh, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit uh in the news but you know it's one of the most their biggest and most marketable stars in a marquee match um and it's just going to be all eyes on that match so i think it raises both their stuff yeah uh, i couldn't agree more it's an interesting one because i really feel like there's a huge surge of goodwill and momentum behind noah at the second and a win over ito chan would be massive for her internationally but that being said ito's just lost two separate title challenges singles and doubles tag can she really afford to lose Mm. A third title challenge in in such close proximity, that's a real. From a booking point of view, I think that's a real challenge. But my my heart would love to see Noah go over here yeah. just just to give her that bit of extra. Sure. 
gives her that little bit of extra spice, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a huge match there. And, you know, two of the most charismatic and interesting characters in Tokyo Joshi Pro. I love it. I'm, I'm definitely tuning in for that match. We saw these two collide in a exploding barbed wire bat match at Kawasaki Stadium. Yeah, been to war there and they're going to go to war again on the 4th of January. There you go. Yeah, so good stuff. And, you know, whilst we're talking about Ito-chan, then we should talk about the main event is the princess tag team title match it was one to one million uh makita and miu yamashita against the magical sugar rabbits of mizuki and yuka sakazaki i'm sure i've said this before but it's wild to me that three out of the four wrestlers that i've just mentioned <laughs> have been guests on this here podcast yeah. it's nuts yuka sakazaki where you at yuka's face at the start of this match oh it was a look of curdled milk look i was i felt vindicated because at one point on commentary i'm sure it was brooks said that he basically echoed what I've been saying for ages, that she starts off looking like butter wouldn't melt and all super nice and friendly. And then she has this <laughs> switch where she turns into a serial killer. Yeah. I was listening like, yes, yes, that's yeah. right. That's exactly what happens. She's, I think she's the scariest woman in wrestling. Like, <laughs> she's more scary than Rina Yamashita. <laughs> she really is. Oh, or Aja Kong. Yeah. There's just, there's, there's nothing behind the eyes. She's like a great white God. shark. I, I just yeah I love Maggi Rabi so oh, I just love both these teams Maggi Rabi M1 to a million I just yeah, yeah. yeah love love to bits yeah this is good stuff I, I I was worried about this initially I felt like you got off to a slow start and I was thinking oh I don't know if this because we had this run of singles matches which I really enjoyed and I was like oh I'm not sure if I'm if I'm feeling this and then as we kind of progressed and certainly as we got to the sprint it was just crazy good yeah. it, it really did yeah fly off I think there was a couple of double team moves from the magical sugar rabbits earlier on that felt a little on the clunky side for Mm -hmm. me and just took me out of it a second that was all um but yeah man when we got going this was a crazy good match and and both teams more than held their own it was yeah yeah very very enjoyable i like very much like the idea of mizuki challenging yamashita for the the top honors me too. And interesting that we didn't get a whirling candy in this as well. Mm, saving Almost it. As if that's being saved. Yeah. yeah. Another big time TGPW show that basically knocks it out of the park. Yeah, 100%. Routine, man. That's what they're doing at the second. They're just putting this run of big shows together where you can really rely on it. So, you know, as soon as the next one comes up, I'm definitely getting involved. Um, you said you watched the, the following show as well. I know you were live tweeting on Twitter and thanks to everybody who interacted. That's always great stuff. Um, what did you make of that one, just in brief? Anything in particular stand up? It was, it was just a lot of fun, more generally, you know, like it's of a lesser kind of match quality, but still usual TJPW fun. Mm. Um, I thought uh, Kabashi had a really great match here. You know, which makes it, you know, the news coming out all the more, disapp- you know, sad. Yeah. The There was a lot of fun moments in the uh, the battle royale to end the show. But yeah, you know, the, my take home here was it's just very waking up on a, I think, Sunday morning and or Saturday morning and watching TJPW first thing is uh, my idea of heaven, basically. It's a good way to start. Yeah, really nice way yeah. to start the day. And just yep. interacting with some, you know, real fine and fun folk on Twitter as well whilst doing it. Yeah, we'll try and do that more often. But yeah, thanks so much for joining in, folks. It, it, it makes it so much more fun for us. And we hope you enjoy it as well. All right, let's park TJPW there. And I know that you did have an opportunity to check out the most recent show from PWA Black Label as well. Yes, G. I did. Yeah. So I, I caught that and um, 
we checked them out for the first time uh, when Aussie Open took on the Velocities. Oh my God, what a match that was. This was uh, my second visit to PWA Black Label. You know, I think some pieces of like necessarily has like move around with, you know, some wrestlers uh, not being available or, you know, what have you, but still a very fun show. Got me primed for the PWA taking on MCW show. Probably my favorite match of the show was the team MCW uh, comprising Mitch Waterman, one half of uh, the really great tag team of the Brat Pack, the business Slacks, another man who I sort of really enjoyed from my time uh, living in Victoria and attending MCW shows. And uh, the surprise third man, which was Caveman Ugg, who is, I think, the former longest reigning PWA champion. So that was a hell of a heel turn for, for him there. So, and they were taking on uh, the Velocities, Paris De Silva, Jude London, and Matt Diamond. Yeah, they just absolutely smashed it here. Really, really fun, really fun match. Really like all six men here, I thought, uh, fantastic. Really looking forward to seeing more and more of the Velocities, to be honest. Um, you know, I'm a little bit biased being an MCW fan, having lived in you know melbourne adjacent but yeah like the three men on that team i think are all top notch and so it was yeah. just a real real treat for me to get to see them again jessica troy really stood out i don't know if if you've had a chance to kind of see her much before uh becky lynch vibes yeah i think she, she really smashes it as well really enjoyed seeing her and the show started with pwa champion ricky south starting against uh you know getting a big win over carter deems uh so yeah just just a lot of you know, good stuff here, building towards MCW PWA crossover show. Later this month. Yeah. Yes, on the on the 19th. Um, and enjoyed seeing Shazza McKenzie, who I haven't seen in a little while as well. Yeah. You know, not yeah. used to seeing her as a heel. Yeah, it's. I, I really enjoy what I'm seeing from the Aussie scene at the second. Yeah. And yeah, now we conquer. Uh, that's Shay Gareth was just talking about that's up on Fight TV. Really good fun if you get a chance. But if you want to dip your toe into some PWA Black Label at no expense than up on YouTube at the second. There is one of their recent shows, Prize Balls on Parade, which featured a really great tag team match between LSX and Aussie Open. And that's, as I say, completely free. There's a couple of PWA shows actually on their YouTube channel. So why not check it out? I think the Aussie scene is really good fun. It's well worth your time investing in. And PWA in particular have decent production as well mm, um which definitely. i think is, is worth noting so yeah we are going to check out that uh pwa versus mcw show got a bit of content coming your way as well in the build up to that so never been a better time in my opinion to jump on with the aussie scene um so why not check it out i reckon it's probably news time all right let's do it we're back with the news and we're back so right there's been one hell of a lot of news coming out of the indie wrestling scene around the world. Everything happened. Everything happened. Tell me about it. Okay, well, let's let's start off on a really positive note. The Choco Pro season finale, none other than the mighty Lulu Pencil, the leader of the Pencil Army, returned from her excursion to AEW. And we found out also earlier today that Mace Ruga is on her way back as well. Really exciting stuff. It was cool to see them over in AEW, and I suspect it won't be the last time. But of course, we're very pleased to see them back in Ichigaya, in Chucky P. And we move into the next season with a replenished roster. We're ready mm. to go. We're scheduled to see Best Bros defend their titles again on what marks the one-year anniversary of their, their reign um, on New Year's Eve. 
Oh, that's right. And actually, shout out to Vlad on the Twitter who shot us a question asking on any predictions on who the day 365 opponents might be. So let's answer that one right now. G, who's your money on? Oh, it's, for me, it's got to be CDK, Brooks yeah. and Massa. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's the most top tier team they haven't beaten in in Choco Pro that are regular yeah. roster members. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Sort of outside shot to Neri to respect Army, mm-hmm, um, Brooks mm-hmm. and Makito. That's the the fantasy match. But yeah, I think probably CDK is the one I would have thought so. So yeah, time time will tell on that front. But we you know, do tell us if there's anybody who you think it's going to be that we haven't mentioned. Hit us up on Twitter. Yeah, please do. And uh, thanks for the question, Vlad. Much appreciated. All right, so on to some less good news then. Uh, in Tokyo Joshi Pro, we sort of alluded to it earlier when we were reviewing the shows, but both Nadoko Tenma and Marika Kabashi are on their way out. They're graduating or, you know, in in, in another way of looking at it, leaving pro wrestling for the time being, which uh, is a great shame in many ways. Yeah. I'm sure they've both got their, their reasons and I, admittedly I haven't had an opportunity to read their respective yeah, statements. Yeah, so for, for Tenma, she's looking to focus on, she's going to be running a farm of her own. Oh, wow. Which oh, is wild cool. and I love that. So she's uh, departing, her last show will be the 26th of March, 2022. Um, and Kabashi is um, hanging up for the time being on the 17th of April um, in order to focus on her studies full-time. Goodness, yeah. And another message on twitter um from a chap named robocop cop with a k hope that doesn't mean you're a liverpool fan um but so we'll let it slide this once just making the point that it does seem like there's a high turnover in joshi wrestling in general i think i probably tend to agree with that certainly since we've been following it in depth there's been quite a few that have cycled in and out uh i don't know if it's a stylistic thing or it was interesting when we spoke to Yappy, you know, a while back, she kind of alluded to the pressures on the performers with regards to age and mm. you know, appealing to fans in a certain way. And yeah. I don't know if that weighs into it as well. My understanding is sort of in years gone by in um, AJW, I think they had to hang it up at 28 is my understanding. Crikey. Yeah. It's, it's wild, isn't it? But yeah, it's, it, it does seem that way. I couldn't agree more. It's an extra shame as I feel like both of these were just, super hitting their stride and were like on the you know moving up the card and you know could have been you know even bigger parts of the tjpw machinery yeah no i couldn't agree it's uh it's it's a sad one this and crikey only gets worse from there because we found out that the legendary one of our, our best friends on the show mr haku is also moving on from the cyber fight stable posted a, a statement earlier today actually before we start recording just stating that he wouldn't be renewing his contract and moving on to greener pastures or being yeah. didn't necessarily know what they were at this point. And just you, you look what an impact that fellas had. Yeah. You know, not just on us, but on the amount of people that he has through his English translations and the the fun twist that he, he puts on those, the amount of people that he's attracted, initiated into Tokyo Joshi, DDT, Gambari, you know, he, he's done a, a huge service for quote unquote indie wrestling in Japan and helped elevate those companies into internationally recognized companies that, you know, fans from the States, from Australia, from the UK, all over the shop flock to. Um, and it's, 
uh, we, we just wish him all the best. You know, what, what a wonderful guy. He's done a huge amount to help us on this podcast. You know, we, we interviewed Take, I think, episode four, Maki to episode five, which is absolutely nuts. And Bonkers, the, isn't it? He didn't have to help us with that. Um, but we're super grateful that he, he did and he's chosen to return with various other roster members you know in the meantime so it's it's a huge loss in many ways nothing but love for mr haku yeah big shout out to mr haku so you know as a result of that the ddt slash tjpw english update is going to be going on ice from the end of the year which you know we will we will miss has been a, a great a great addition to our twitter follow but speaking of ice there has been a ton of movement over in the ice ribbon camp so um, eight competitors have left, are leaving, or are going freelancer on them. Yeah, really interesting scenes over in Ice Ribbon at the second. So Risa Sarah, uh, Suzu Suzuki, uh, Kurumi Haragi, Akane Fujita, and Moki Miyagi are all leaving as of December 31st to become freelancers. So that doesn't mean to say that they won't be working for Ice Ribbon, mm. but they certainly won't be doing it as full-time yeah. roster members. They'd be doing it in a freelance capacity you know, something along the lines of Rini Amashta. Yeah. They seemingly want to focus on kind of deathmatch hardcore stuff. Yeah. Moving forward. It'd be interesting to see how that builds, you know, how do they approach mm. that? Do they mm. find a, a deathmatch home, be it a Freedoms, a BJW, FMW? Start their FMW, own thing. Start their own thing. Lots of interesting possibilities. Time will tell. There, but yeah. Um, so we also had uh, Maya Yukihi moving, uh, she is moving from being a contracted roster member to freelance with um, Ice Ribbon. So still will be competing there, but not as a contracted roster member. Also, a uh, former guest of the show, friend of the show, Tekla uh, is no longer with Ice Ribbon as of November, which um, I'm real bummed about as she's yeah, one too. of my absolute favorite performers. Yeah, and, and a top person as well. Really enjoyed our opportunity to yeah. speak with Tekla and yeah, wish her all the best. Uh, we conversed about this privately, but there's, you know, promotions over there and elsewhere should be absolutely falling oh, over yeah. themselves to get in touch with her because she'd be a grand addition to any roster. Yeah. You know, her... She's got such a unique persona. Oh, yeah. And, and she's her, absolutely yoked now as well. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think she's a great pickup. And yeah. if anybody's going in for her, then they're going to do well. Um, but yeah, shout out to Tekla. And yeah, much love to everybody involved. Uh, and that includes the Ice Ribbon Camp themselves as well, you know, in terms of um, moving on. Also, yeah. one more to mention is um, Curie announced that not coming back as well so yeah hell of a lot of movement mm. um but you know i think everything for the most part is on pretty good terms and you know it's all all, all fairly positive so we just uh, look to see how the scene evolves and yes. you know maybe there is a tilt towards freelancing mm. it'd be an interesting conversation to have if we get the opportunity to speak to more freelancers I'd, yeah i'd really love to kind of speak to somebody going forward about the sort of pros and cons and you know, of, of freelancing within the Japanese wrestling system. Yeah, I'll, I'll bear that in mind as I book our next <laughs> series of guests or attempt to at the very least. <laughs> there we go. Over in Pro Wrestling Noah, one of Kenta Kabashi's most disobedient sons, Kenta, is <laughs> heading back for an outing at the Ark, which again, who would have thought it? Yeah. Absolutely lovely stuff. First day of the new year. Very cool, very cool. We'll be teaming up with uh, Segura and Sakuraba to take on former guests of the show, Masuka Tamiya, uh, Yoshiki Inamura, and Daiki Inaba. That's very, very cool. 
love the idea of Kenta being back in Noah. I kind of still associate him with Noah, to yeah. be truthful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, for me, like, uh, he kind of is Noah. Sorry, go. Whoa, easy, <laughs> easy now. I think you need to take that back. Um, that strong zero is starting to hit, kick in by the sounds. <laughs> yeah, that's what's happened. Yeah, I think so. Um, but, you know, cool stuff. And Noah's just going from strength to yeah, strength to strength for the second. They're going into 2020. You know, their top of the card is loaded. Yeah. 100%. It's a wild ride. But there we go. Absolutely tons going on. There's probably more that we haven't mentioned, but you know, that's probably enough for now. Loads of business going on in the world of Japanese pro wrestling and lots of other bits going elsewhere. Also, actually, quick shout out to GCW as well. You see, they sold out the Hammerstein board. Yeah, congrats. That's, very, that's very cool, isn't it? They're really making waves this year. Um, so, very cool stuff indeed from America's new super indie. Long may it continue. Indeed. Um, okay, mate, I suppose we should um, wrap it up from here then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's been real fun being back in the saddle or computer chair, as the case may be. Yeah, absolutely. And the fun stops here because you've got to edit it. Um, <laughs> but look, folks, I don't normally do this, but, you know, we absolutely, we absolutely appreciate the support that we get from you guys on social media, on Twitter and Instagram. We're at WrestlingPod. That's Wrestling Without the E. But on the on the Twitter side, we're at just over so two, 270 followers at the second. And the road to 300 is firmly on. So if you know somebody who you think may enjoy what we do at the Wrestling Podcast, please do encourage them to give us a check. Check us out. Hit that follow button. That'd be much appreciated. It does actually help quite a lot, particularly in terms of securing guests. So <laughs> they look at those metrics. Indeed. The other thing that would be great, you know, if you've got a spare couple of minutes, is uh, leaving a positive, hopefully five star review for us on your podcast app of choice. It helps yes. new people find us. Yeah, all, all these things really do help a huge amount. So we really appreciate that. Anyway, enough of that rough, pluggy, salesy stuff for the time being. But yeah, it's that wrestling pod that's wrestling about the E. Um, you can go to wrestlingpod.com. Again, wrestling about the E for all the links you'll need, links where to listen, our personal Twitters, all that sort of good stuff. And of course, you can email us if you choose to. It's wrestlingpod at gmail.com. Again, wrestling about the E. There we go, folks. We're wrapped. We're back. That was that. Uh, we got a fun little interview coming up this week, but we'll drop the details on the socials. In the meantime, stay happy, stay safe, and enjoy the graps. <laughs>